This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's when the time. and welcome to the presser with me joe swindon needed a little bit of luck and mc curdy's neat mc neat finishing plus a surprise goal from lacher matthew bordry away to hartlepool warmed the away support sufficiently results elsewhere means tuesday is a meaty tie against our newly promoted vegan neighbors forest green rovers and instead of being ecologically frugal Harry's post-match on BBC Wiltshire asked for the county ground faithful to give themselves an energy check. Here, with one eye on the smart meter as ever, from Total Sports Swindon, it's Ryan Walker. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Swindon Sound fans. And Joe, that was a brilliant introduction. I think I counted about seven puns. Uh, I did enjoy some of them. Some of them I might have to write down and steal for my own commentary. Yeah, that's the second go-round, and you laugh more on the first time, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it anyway. That's the most prep I've done for today anyway. It's more than more prep than I've done. Don't worry, I just wing it. Well, as one Joe is saying hello to you, another one has said goodbye. I don't know if we covered this in the presser, but uh, Joe Thomason, that's confirmed that he has gone back and he's not going to do his rehab with us here at Swindon. Um, so a nice farewell, and, well, I'm sure we'll be seeing him in the League One next year, will it be with uh, in a red shirt or a blue one? Well, a lot, a lot of uh, ground to cover, isn't there, between now and the end of the season? Should Swindon uh, be in League One next year? Well, we all thought it was over. We were all sat there saying, "That's it, playoffs, write them off." 
groups on social media were saying, Ghana out, we're never going to make the playoffs now. And I have to agree after Leighton Orient, it seemed very, very uh, hard to do so. But results have fallen our way. Now we're just one point off the playoffs with a game in hand. The destiny is back in our own feet, I should say. It certainly is. And Forest Green, with a, a board draw against Bristol Rovers, have seen themselves get automatic promotion. I'm not going to say that that famous thing that Ben Garner doesn't like to say, but you'd think that they'll be nicely comfortable coming tomorrow. It's definitely putting Swindon in an advantageous position. It does. The only thing that matters is whether they're going all out to try and win the title and lift the trophy or if they're kind of just happy to, to settle for automatic promotion as it is. That could be the only kind of playing point on their minds. Um, however, you know, Forest Green, we always seem to, well, especially this season when we went there and we had a reduced squad due to international duties, we put on a great performance. And some of these players seem to just rise to the occasion when they play the bigger teams like they've got a point to prove. And Swindon certainly do tomorrow. It's really our hardest game of the remaining fixtures we've got left, Forest Green, Barrow and Warsaw. But like you said, Joe, their minds could be elsewhere. Well, yes. And as you alluded to, anyway, our, our Swindon minds, you know, we sort of flick between um, elation and despair. And there was plenty, plenty for town fans to feast on for the conspiracies on Saturday when Jojo Woolacott was not included mm. uh, in the lineup. That got clarified uh, later in the post-match Bengana saying that he'd had a shoulder injury in the week and not managed to sort of shake it off. Uh, any update on how Jojo is doing? We, we did get a brief update on Jojo this morning. I'd like to say that it's still probably um, looking potentially that he might miss tomorrow. If I was wagering my bets, I'd say that it, Lewis Ward would probably start. Uh, Jojo trained a little bit yesterday. Um, he'll step that up today and it'll be more contact training today and more um, kind of like a usual game type scenario the way he will train today. Um, he, they also had another player, Swindon Town, who had, Swindon Town, who had a sore knee yesterday. Um, he's had a scan that his identity was unrevealed to us um, and everyone else's as they were. But back to Jojo, they have to just see how he reacts today. He, he stepped up in training yesterday and if he can come through today, then he'll be back in the squad. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be fit to start. Okay, and we know that Lewis Ward will be more than happy to uh, be in the sticks tomorrow because he deputised wonderfully yeah. in that away game live on Sky Television and pulled off a super penalty save. So he'll be uh, he'll be very pleased. I think if that was the match that you would only join watch with Swindon Town so far in the season. You'd be questioning why Lewis Ward wasn't Swindon Town's first team goalkeeper. Um, if he can replicate those heroics, then there would be no problem with him stepping in. Yeah, and of course, any doubts to his uh, commitment were dissuaded yesterday when he went to the EFL Awards. Congratulations to the Community Trust for coming runners up for their Project Me. Um, disappointing to not get the big prize, but uh, a brilliant representation of the club. Uh, and Jojo and Harry McCurdy made the uh, League Two team of the year. And I don't know if you've seen these pictures, but what a drip, as the young people say, <laughs> from Mr. McCurdy. He he stood out as as only he would. Yeah, it's, it's his wavy fashion sense, isn't it? I don't know what else to call it, really. It's Harry McCurdy, a man unto himself with fashion, who doesn't seem to style himself based off any mainstream looks and 
why not? He, he seems to enjoy it. He, he, he likes kind of having that different type of identity. And that's one thing that Ben Garner has been really keen to let his players be free with this season and not trying to control anything they do in that way. And, well, it certainly worked out for Harry McCurdy, hasn't it? Into the League Two team of the season and Ben Garner said it was very well-deserved for both of them. Probably a case for one or two others. I, I potentially thought Louis Reed should have been win with a shout of being in that midfield area um, in the team of the season. Um, but Jojo Wallacott, Harry McCurdy, a lot of data was used in the selection with who scored being used. And then obviously judges also had their opinion. So it's always going to be kind of a a very opinionated team that's put out there. But yeah, would happily see more Swindon players in these types of teams in the future. And and if you look back at Harry McCurdy, Ben Garner harked back to it later on in the presser, but he came to us on trial at the start of the season. Let's not forget his, his career was at a crossroads. He really seemed to be this type of player that would just never fulfil his potential. And this season he's doing it. Yeah, I remember in the close season because of, of a, a friend or two who follow Carlisle and he was sort of a, a punchline that they would talk about. He had that move to Port Vale. It didn't really work out. And I think he even had a spell before he came to us in the Leicester City Academy. So we've gone back into uh, Academy trial. I don't know how that that wound up and was sort of finding himself without a club and, and in need. And this sort of combination where he's found with with Garner, personality-wise, they seem very different, but he he gets and allows McCurdy to express himself both on and off the pitch. And for that, we've, we've seen the rewards this year. Yeah, and he does, like you said, I was touching on it quickly, he does let these players kind of be their own person. And it was, it was always at the start of the season. I remember after the Forest Green match um, when we won away at their ground, that Lewis Ward was asked a question and he kind of laughed about Harry. He said, look, Harry's a, a very different person. He's his own person. He's unique and we love him for it. And if there's ever been a, a player that thrives once they get a little bit of love and care, then Harry McGurdy's that player. For the hour that we did have him on uh, on Saturday, we really showed how he was missed and how no one can really fill his role when he's not available. They can't. I, I, I said this, I think, to yourself the other day, Joe, all the other players seem to just pick up and play better when they have Harry McCurdy in the team. It's not just his goals. You know, you look at Jack Payne, he looked a different player at the weekend compared to what he's been recently. We know how close their relationship is. You look at the fluidity of the attack and the way they move, that's all down to Harry McCurdy's influence. And also the balls from deep, from Louis Reed and the likes, they all look for Harry McCurdy and it's his movement and his spark that makes us just play a whole lot better. No, never mind his actual finishing in front of goal. Yeah, that instinctive one-touch finishing is definitely something that is unique to him. But for Saturday, interestingly, that, that famous bow and arrow celebration wasn't just limited to him. McCurdy got two. Somebody else was uh, was putting out the bow and arrow on uh, Saturday afternoon, weren't they? It was Matthew Bordry retiring at the end of the season, or so he tells us anyway that he's most leaning towards retirement. That doesn't mean necessarily that he definitely is, but when we spoke to him after a match a while ago, he said that he would be. He, of course, got that goal, probably the most centre-back type goal that you could possibly get, where your foot just goes through the ball, um, right on the line almost, and you just wallop it into the back of the net. And he ran off to celebrate with Harry McCurdy's celebration. He probably, he doesn't score goals often. He probably wasn't really sure how what to do. And he'd just seen Harry do it twice and thought, why not? I'll go for it myself. 
Um, but on Baldry, Ben Garner said, he, I think he's just taking these games as it comes and playing every game as if it's his last, which is probably why we may be seeing such good performances from him. Because when you know that you're going to be giving up something you love doing, you probably put that little bit of extra effort into it in the final days. Um, he trains like a 21-year-old, and actually Swindon are in a situation in training sometimes where they have to pull him out of some of the elements, um, some of the tackling, some of the drills that they do, because they have to sit back and say, OK, Matthew, we know you have this energy, but you're also the age you are, and you need to be careful. <laughs> so his energy is boundless. It's just his age that's probably going against him a bit now. Yeah, I think that listening to the uh, post-match pod on the game, which uh, is still available just a episode ahead, um, Terry was saying about how Matty Baudry is having a, a Indian summer almost and putting in great performances. You know, expectation is that this will be uh, his last season with us and maybe his last season ever. Uh, he's had a, a decorated career, as as you've said in the past on the presser. You know, he's had promotions. He's probably got a good. Uh, a good spare room or something with his uh, promotion pictures and medals and things like that. I guess he might be looking to go out on a high, but I can't help but wonder, I mean, probably not at League Two level. I wonder if he will continue to uh, to play at, at some level after this year. The only thing that makes me think possibly not is when I spoke to Matthew Baudry, um, even at the game when he told us he'd be retiring, and just in seasons gone by, he's a massive family person. And he's got his young family and he wants to really be involved in being a dad. And that is the only aspect that would probably sway him more towards just actually giving up the game altogether. He's at that age, isn't he, whereby, not just in football, but a crucial stage in life, whereby a lot changes. And in those years that he's in, you go through some massive personal changes and familial changes as well. And he just seems to be... Wanting to be a bit more of a dad, which is which is great, and why not? Yeah, absolutely, why not? And what a way it would be to uh, to sign off with uh, one big push. Whatever happens this season, you know, he can have his head held high, and he can actually go out um, go out on top. Uh, but again, his goal and McCurdy's efforts are all coming sort of in the second half. There was a bit of discussion on that that kind of second half goal getting we've spoken before um, in the post matches about thinking about if the first half is in the Garner way is sort of feeling things out. What was Ben Garner's reflection on why it took the second half to get really get going into top gear? It was really put to him about a, a statistic that Swindon town. I can't remember the exact stuff off the top of my head now, Joe, but, They've scored almost triple the amount of goals in the second half than what they have the first half this season. And it's it was really put to him about why do you struggle to get into this kind of rhythm of not scoring early? Because we see us create chances early, don't we? But we all know they're not going to go in unless you're in the second half. <laughs> or it feels like that way anyway, the county ground. Um, and it was actually a very well laid out explanation by Ben Garner. He said it's difficult to score in any game uh, early. And, and you see that a trend across the leagues, apart from the odd result here or there. Um, and his explanation was that teams are fitter at the start of a game. And the way Swindon play means that as the match goes on, they pull them apart, they make them run a lot more, and that then creates gaps. But it takes time to create those gaps and lead to those opportunities in front of goal. We'd like to score more goals early on, he said, but it's about also trying to understand that if we don't, then there's no need to panic. And, and when you think about the way Swindon play, they are very... 
pass sideways at times, pass backwards, pass forwards, and they and they try to pull teams apart to find those gaps. And and it makes sense, doesn't it, that as they tire, the more more opportunities appear. Yeah, speaking of tiredness, I saw that Ben Garner had a lot of admiration for Forest Green and fitness was definitely something that he picked up on. They seem to have you know, almost as uh, a level of fitness as our, our key players. We don't have you know the necessary uh, depth or riches of having lots of players, but those that we do have, we know that they do get uh, well drilled in the week. Um, I know that Garner is not going to be thinking that they'll they'll be putting their feet up and in, enjoying their promotion and playing out things, but he had positive things to say about Forest Green, didn't he? He did, and you've got to for a team that's already secured almighty promotion. You can't really come out and say anything but that. Um, but it was interesting to note how he, gave, he used Forest Green as an example whereby you look at the past few seasons that they've had pushing for promotion constantly, and they've built this platform whereby... They've got a core of key players and they only ever need to add one or two into that fray to try and make them better. Um, you, you are correct whereby he touched on the fact that they're fit. They're the fittest teams in the league, he felt. Um, and they have that added extra of having front players who score goals for them. I'm not sure if he was reflecting on his own team and whereby he's only got the one forward who scores the goals the majority at the time. Um, a strong collective group deserved promotion without a shadow of a doubt. He actually gave some congratulations for them. But don't take anything for granted. We're going out there to win this game, he said. Well, Forest Green, as we know, uh, they've got a uh, innovative owner. They've got lots of innovations in terms of green energy and things like that. But one thing that they don't have is they don't have an attendance that gets into the five figures. So let's get into into the juicy bits on here and talk about the atmosphere tomorrow and how important that that will be because I think that's going to cover not only Ben Garner's point but also yeah, Harry McCurdy's mm. rallying call which again seems to have the same pessimists that you were talking about who were saying it's all over are the same ones saying well who is he to tell me that I have to sing or clap or you have to entertain me um, and all this kind of stuff which I can't I can't really get I mean everybody goes to watch their team and we don't necessarily always love what we see, but surely the point of going in live attendance is to actually get behind and support. It is. It's, I can't understand that argument either, Joe, um, whereby you, you have to be entertained in order to create noise. It works both ways. And that's what Ben Garner is really keen to address. Um, we'll touch on Ben Garner's comments first on, on the atmosphere. It's been, it's been It's been a growing kind of conversational point over the last few weeks really really whereby Ben Garner said a couple of things the fans have said a couple of things and it was almost getting to that stage whereby for some reason this was a conversation that was becoming bitter but what Ben Garner said is look the better the atmosphere the more intimidating a place we can make this then the better it's going to serve us and make us win games and um, we want fans to come to Swindon and sorry we want teams to come to Swindon and not look forward to playing and make it a difficult game for them. And he strongly encourages every supporter coming tomorrow to support these players, lift them, create a playoff atmosphere. Don't wait for the playoffs to come to create that atmosphere. Make it now, make it a cup final, and, and Swindon Town will thrive off that and give you more entertainment. On Harry McCurdy's comments, of course, we all saw what he said, and, and I, for one, agree with him that you know you have to meet us halfway, and, and you have to we have to provide the entertainment for you, but you have to give us the encouragement to provide the entertainment. It's, it's like a toxic relationship, isn't it? Whereby you can't just have one part functioning because the other part will fail. You have to have both working in harmony. 
And and Harry uh, Ben Garner thought Harry McCurdy spoke very well. He said, I, I thought he spoke brilliantly and also with great intelligence. He was absolutely spot on where we and the fans have to meet halfway. Um, we have to provide the entertainment, which is what we've all been saying, but the fans have to help get the players going to provide that. So it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, isn't it? You know, someone has, someone has to do something first. And from Ben Garner's point of view, he needs the fans to create this cauldron of noise inside the inside the county ground in order for the players to, to go out and put on the best possible atmosphere and the best possible performance poss- uh, that they can. And some fans might sit back and say, well, give us something to cheer about or we shouldn't have to give you any more umph because you're professional footballers. But why wouldn't you? Why would you go to a game and, and not try to make your team play as much as possible? And at the end of the day, fans want to be involved. And if you're actively being encouraged to get involved, then do so and support your team more than you have before. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that aspect. You know, the idea of going out there and, you know, we've had big attendances and I think that is that is remarkable. I mean, looking at the Forest Green home attendances, we're only going to take a few hundred less, literally a few hundred less to Warsaw away in the away end than they've had for the, their biggest gates this year. They don't have you know, 10, 11, 12,000 seater, they've got a little, a little ground. And if you're not the sort of person who usually likes to sing and you like to be quiet and sip your tea, and that's been your style since day dot. I don't think people are expecting you to suddenly change your personality. But those of us who feel that we could do more tomorrow is the, is the day to do more because there's no way that a team that has managed to secure promotion playing in front of, smaller crowds like that is not going to be intimidated by that. Well, it will be. And of course, Swindon have this great attendance this season whereby not many teams can match them or exceed them. So we should try and make it a hostile place for opposition teams to come. I, I don't want to go out and criticise fans of any club, but you know when you sit there at a Swindon game and you hear chanting for the first five minutes and then it goes quite silent, it can probably be quite intimidating for the players looking around all these people and hearing a pin drop. Um, just just get behind your team and, and that's all Ben Garner wants and Harry McCurdy wants and the players want. And if, if if you get behind your team as much as you can and Swindon still don't make the playoffs, then you've probably got a more of a point to criticise on. But you're in a Swindon are in with a chance of a fairy tale story this season. So so why not play your part in that fairy tale? Exactly. And when that fairy tale, however it will end, does end, of course, I was looking to next season, you alluded to earlier, Ben Garner is very impressed with how Forest Green, you know, they have their core, they've got a few turnarounds and things like that. And that's something that maybe that we want to replicate. I think you asked some interesting questions about transfers and about the shape of the squad next year. So shall we have a listen? Let's go for it, Joe. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Good morning. Just very quickly. Uh, no video today, just my ghostly voice. Um, Obviously, all attention on kind of the end of the season, but off the pitch, obviously, fans are starting to kind of look at rumours in the papers with regards to transfers. They always do it this time of the year. Can you just clarify for us the, the transfer embargo situation and, and, you know, have you got any more news on that and when that ends and how it ends? No, not, not really. Um, it, it will be something that will be addressed at, at the end of the season. We're, we've got a good idea of where we think we're going to be and how that will, how that will move forward to and we're planning accordingly on that on that front. We've got a recruitment meeting this week uh, with all the coaching staff alongside the recruitment staff, and we'll start 
really narrowing down now on on our targets and what we want to do moving forwards next season. But there's still a, a period to go in this season, not just for us, but for a lot of other clubs in in, in the leagues. And what happens over these next three to four weeks, including playoffs, will dictate what happens at certain clubs in terms of what level they're playing at, what that means for their players, what that means in players becoming available. Obviously, that impacts our, our recruitment in terms of we may have a list of four players for a position, but two of them might become available, two of them might not. So we have to be flexible, but we're putting as much in place as we possibly can. And intelligent recruitment is going to be a key part of us moving forwards next season. You touched there kind of on the fact that, you know, it depends on, you know, playoff situation, last few games. Have you almost kind of got lists of players for should you stay in League Two or, or should you be, you know, promoted to League One? Have you got kind of separate lists for those situations? We haven't, to be honest. We want to recruit players that we think could play in either. Um, we've done that this season. We, we try to recruit players that we feel if we go up a division, will still thrive and still develop in, in that league and we'll be doing the same this summer so it's not a case of what well, we'll take player A if we're in league two mm. we'll take player B we're in league one all that might happen is the, the pool that we're fishing in may become a lot bigger if we go into league one so that's where the flexibility comes into it but in terms of our process our recruitment that we're looking to do we don't um there's no difference in terms of what league will be in terms of the type of player and the type of character that we want to bring to the football club. And just finally on that point, so have you been made aware that there is a you know there is going to be budget to spend there should the embargo be lifted? Not as yet. They're on, ongoing conversations, and um, so we've got an idea of where we where we think it's going to be. But um, I'm also very realistic in terms of the position that the club's in and what was inherited. Um, and all I will ever ask for as head coach is honesty, and that's all I've had from day one when I when I've walked in the door. So, um, whatever the budget is next season, whatever situation we're in, I will be told up front, and that's brilliant. And then from there, that myself and Ben can get on with the job and the rest of the staff. And um, as long as we know where we stand, we will we'll do the absolute utmost to get the best from everything that we've got. Brilliant. Good luck, Ben. See you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Thank you. Okay, so there's a few things to pick apart from this. Um, first of all, like the embargo, um, it's stark looking, if you go on the FL website, as I'm sure you have, to see that teams that are under that EFL loan agreement, I mean, Scunthorpe and Oldham from the weekend with our old friend John Sheridan, they're both down. And there's only three teams in League Two who had that, and the other one is us. Mm. Fleetwood and Gillingham in League One, they're like on the, you know, the oblivion at Alton Towers. They're literally just looking over relegation. It's only the poor form of other teams that's going to keep them up this year. And a similar thing for uh, Reading in trouble in the Championship. I don't think that they've had a loan. That's, that's other circumstances. And Derby are down. So if everyone on that on that page, it's grim reading, except for, except for Swindon. But What's Ben Garner's understanding of um, ongoing implications of that? Because I know that we've kept up from the advisory board minutes and Clem Mulfooney's pledge was, um, and Rob Angus as well, was that they wanted to be more transparent. We've seen the minutes. We've seen that regular payments have been made. Any indication as to what bearing that's going to have on next year? 
Well, it was a very difficult question for Ben Island to answer there because you sense from what he was saying that it looks like the embargo will end and, and we'll be able to sign players, but there still seems to be a lot of work that needs to be done and no one seems to be really too sure. Of course, it's, it's probably a little bit above Ben Garner's pay grade, but you can't ask questions about a transfer and what your transfer policy will be if you're going to remain under an embargo. Uh, they don't have much news on it, but of course, obviously, as, as we get towards the end of the season and and the discussions that then take place, you'd imagine that that will probably be lifted. Everyone was under the um, idea that this was only going to be for this season and it will be lifted. So I think that Swindon are confident of that being the case. But, you know, when it comes to transfers, phone calls have to start being made soon because this is a season when you don't wait to the summer and then do all your work then. You start putting in phone calls now and, and getting players on board, getting agents on board and clubs on board, uh, ready to go into the summer transfer window where you've got a little bit of a drawing board to work off. I think I always think of these in a sort of crude analogy of, um, if we think about our own personal finances and if you have something like a credit card, if you have things like an overdraft and you're not using that much, you're making regular payments, banks are usually only too happy to offer you extra credit or different deals or things like that. So to a different sense, you'd think that if we're making regular payments and we're you know, managing to chip away at that loan, then the EFL should be should be satisfied. Yeah, there should be. There's not really much else we really know about that at the moment. You'd like to think there will be, and it all eyes point towards Swindon being able to sign players um, in the summer and pay transfer fees for them. But, of course, that then leads us on to the case of what transfer targets. Ben Garner, you heard him say there, he isn't separating players between we stay in League 2, these players, we go in League 1, we get these players. It's very much Swindon have a type of player in mind of who they want to be, both in terms of quality and also their character. And they will stick to that list. I'm not sure how much of that, you know, fans will like to hear, but that's the way that Swindon wants to recruit and Ben Garner wants to recruit as well. If we think of targets from last year, I mean, when I heard that Johnny Williams was on his way, I thought that was that was just rumour mill. I thought that was about as credible as Robbie Fowler coming to be manager. And then I'm seeing him with the shirt and he signed um, Louis Reed. What a, what a get that he has been. And of course, McCurdy coming in as a free agent as well. So there's not as much transfer fees pinging around in leagues one and league two. Sometimes it is just about seeing, you know, who's whose contracts are up elsewhere or what's renewable. Um I think the days of um forking out three hundred thousand for uh, a Premier League Academy player, as it was say five to seven years ago, might be might be uh, in the distance somewhat. But that doesn't mean that Swindon won't be competitive. It sounds like there's a plan, at least, that uh, the Bens will be getting together and that those discussions are already starting, of course, of to who they want to get in and under what what restrictions they'll have. And, of course, contract renewals for people who we don't know what they're doing next year will come up as well, won't they? Exactly. All those discussion, discussions need to take place and they will be taking place and I'm sure Ben Garner's got a list as long as his arm, players that he wants to keep and players that he wants to sign as well. The issue comes down to the type of budget Swindon Town will have. By the sounds of Ben Garner's words there, I don't think it's going to be very big. They will be tight in trying to get the players they want and that probably reflects on Ben Garner's comments last week where he said about 
you know, we wouldn't be able to compete with someone like Tyree Simpson. So fans out there maybe dreaming of bigger players and big name players coming to the county ground, they won't be coming if there's an extortionate transfer fee to pay. It will be if they're affordable or if they're a free agent or if they're a talented loan player that Swindon can have a good relationship with that club. And Ben Garner just wants honesty and that's what he's always had from day one. And as long as he gets that, he seems to be a manager that thrives in, in a pressure cooker situation whereby he doesn't have much to work with and, and get the best out of his players, which is why he's so hot on making players feel loved and building a culture at the club whereby everyone's free to express themselves. Yeah, exactly. And of course, with the lone players, uh, we've had a lot of talented uh, young players come through and they're, they're holding clubs, their parent clubs, uh, being satisfied with their development. As much as you know, we may be cursing the fact that people got recalled in January, it, that does speak to a testament of, of how well that we've looked after and we've, we've looked after our own academy assets as well. So that part looks quite bright. Okay, so for tomorrow evening... Um, I think I'll be making the trip over tomorrow afternoon, so I'll be seeing this one in the flesh. Getting a bit light on bodies, especially if someone's uh, adjusted a knee. I would ask you for your lineup, but I think I'm probably just going to say, would you change anything? Yeah, I'd make a couple of changes. I think Ben Garner will as well. Um, I will give you just a change instead of the lineup. I think Johnny Williams and uh, Egbo will drop out, and Gladwin and Odomeo will come in. Okay, and just to, I will touch on again. It was interesting that you know Ben Garner usually has quite a you know quite a, a closed room approach. He keeps his cards close to his chest. But we did learn um, on Saturday, Madney Idem did get uh, dropped from the bench for not coming to the team meeting on time. So we we're getting a little insight into into the kind of culture that uh, he will spread. See if he's punctual enough to make the make the bench, but maybe at this stage in the season, having more outfield on there and taking the taking the punt might be a good idea. Well, yeah, that, I don't know what to say. That was a a strange thing, wasn't it? Because if if Lewis Ward had got injured, we'd have had a situation whereby probably Jake Bryan would have gone in goal as the biggest player on the pitch for Swindon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think with Jojo Wallacott back fit as well, there won't be any, any cause for concern in that area. He wouldn't have to jump for anything, would he? He could just raise a hand up and then push anything over the bar. He is one tall guy. Okay, right. Predictions-wise, what are we feeling? Very, very tight game. But I think, you know, with the Swindon fans up in the atmosphere, this match means everything to the Swindon's playoffs. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 Swindon win. I've got a I've got a gut feeling there. It just came to me. It might be mad. I think it might be a high scoring game. We might see another Northampton on our hands. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna say four. Four nothing. How about that? <laughs> and then we'll see how right it was on Friday. We'll take it. Don't if anyone's you know, gamble responsibly and all that, but if anyone's considering betting, don't don't bet on our predictions. No, don't take tips off me. <laughs> Ryan, look forward to speaking to you, hopefully with uh with us in the playoff places. That's an exciting prospect. Isn't it? That's what we can't, we can't take our eyes off that as much as we might talk about the doom and gloom or I don't have to sing or all this kind of stuff. It could all be very different on Friday. It could, we could be a lot more chipper. I'm sure we will be Joe. I'll, I'll get working on my puns already. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Joe.
The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.